If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air Shabbos to all. It's great to be with you yet again to review the Parsha, to look at the Parsha, to see what in fact the Parsha is talking to us about, how it's teaching us, looking at our lives, looking at the Torah, connecting the two, our lives and Torah, listening to the lesson, listening to what Torah tells us, how to understand the events of the time, how to understand our lives, how to uplift ourselves, how to make ourselves so much better. The Parsha is Bahalotcha. And it talks about at the beginning of how Aaron was instructed to kindle the menorah, the candelabrum, within the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And ultimately this became the duty of the Kohanim when the temple was built. And Rashi tells us why in fact is this Parsha connected to the one that we just finished, the Parsha of Nassau, because that's the one that speaks about the princes of each tribe that brought the various gifts and offerings when the Mishkan was inaugurated. And when Aaron saw that, how the head of each tribe brought those incredible gifts to the inauguration of the temple and those wonderful offerings, Choshadato, his spirit was weakened. He became very disappointed. Why was he disappointed? Because he felt that he, as leader of his tribe and his tribe, were not represented in this particular inauguration. And this is why he was told by God at this particular time, don't worry, what you are about to do is so much greater, so much more important actually, than what they did. Because you are going to kindle, you are going to light the menorah, you are going to prepare it, this is so much more important. And before we're going to explore what in fact that actually means and how that is such an important lesson in our lives. I just want to make the following comment. We are on the brink, perhaps already in the third wave of COVID. And so many people that we know have become ill with this terrible, terrible disease in the last little while. So first of all, we have to be extraordinarily careful. And second of all, we have to extend our concern to those who have become ill. Say an extra chapter of Tehillim, say an extra chapter of Psalms. Give some more tzedakah, give some more charity. Do an extra mitzvah. Reach out for those who are either at home or in hospital. Those who have been hit by this pandemic yet again. It's a difficult time. It's a time that we don't understand. And this is why, as people of faith, we have to reach out to God Almighty and to do the right thing and to plead with Him on behalf of all those who are ill that Hashem should extend His incredible blessing of healing and send them all a a speedy and full recovery immediately. And may all of us have a full and speedy recovery from the illness of Galut of exile with the coming of Mashiach because now more than ever this is what we need we need a physical more so a spiritual a huge recovery a huge recovery from darkness from illness from everything which is so destructive 
in the world that we live in today. Back to the Parsha. The Parsha, as I said, is Bahalotcha. Aaron is disappointed. Aaron is disappointed that somehow it appears that he was left out from participating in the inauguration of the temple of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And Hashem says, don't worry, because what you are going to... We have to step back and think about this for a moment. Who was Aaron? Aaron was one of the great leaders of the Jewish people, the high priest appointed by God to represent the religious duties of the Jewish people within the temple. He, his children, his offspring forevermore, Kohanim, priests, ministers within the temple, great people. Aaron himself, the brother of Moses, an extraordinary human being. He's not an individual who's given to petty jealousy. What does it mean that his spirit was weakened, he was disappointed when he saw that he and his tribe were left out from participating in the inauguration of the Mishkan by not presenting offerings and gifts as did the other leaders of tribes and tribes? Was he simply jealous? That's not the Aaron that we know. Aaron is a man of greatness. Aaron is a man of tremendous stature. Aaron is a man of nobility and humility. Aaron is not an individual who is given to simple jealousy. What in fact caused this particular weakness? On the other hand, we have to understand, what does God say to him? How is he placated when Hashem says to him, don't worry. What you are going to do is far greater because you are going to both prepare and kindle the menorah. Why, in fact, is kindling the candelabrum far greater than the gifts that the Nassim, the princes of each tribe, brought to the inauguration of the temple? What is so special about the menorah? What is so special about kindling the menorah that puts it on a level which is so much greater than what the other leaders of the tribes actually did. And this is something that we have to understand. Because as I have mentioned so many times, this is not merely a story. This is not only an insight into the life of Aaron, into the behavior, into the character of Aaron. This is a lesson in our own lives. Aaron is not only a great man and we objectively view him as such, Aaron is a teacher. And therefore the example that he sets, the situations of life that he goes through, are there to teach us lessons in situations of life that we go through. And therefore we have to understand what caused his disappointment and what placates him. Because we have to find it within ourselves, certain things that we have disappointment in and with, and what in fact should placate us. And we have to find what is the idea of kindling the menorah, of kindling the candelabrum within our own lives as well. What does the menorah represent? What is so great about the menorah? What in fact is the opening Parsha all about more of the city? 
This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. What bothered Aaron? Aaron understood, of course, that he has great duties and great responsibilities, both he and his tribe, the Kohanim and the Leviim, within the Mishkan and ultimately within the Temple. But he also understood that participating in the inauguration was something of greatness as well, because that took place only one time. And he felt that he and his tribe were not included in that particular activity. And this is why Chal Shudate, he felt disappointed, he felt a little bit left out. So what does Hashem say to him? Hashem says to him, you will be preparing and kindling the menorah. So we have to step back and understand what is so special about kindling the menorah. In the very beginning, it says immediately that when you will light the individual lamps on the menorah, they will all face toward the center, El Mul Peneha Menorah. Something miraculous is about to take place. A flame which naturally and normally goes upwards, this will point toward the center. The flames, the lamps on the right, will face toward the left toward the center. The ones on the left will face toward the right. Something miraculous is about to happen. And not only that, but when you light them, they have to be kindled in a particular sort of way. The flame has to ultimately go up by itself. You have to hold the way you kindle it. You have to hold whatever you're using to kindle that lamp until the fire goes up by itself. And then it goes on to tell us, This is the way that the menorah was fabricated. This is the way that the menorah was constructed. And one wonders, we're not talking about the construction of the menorah. We read about that earlier on, many weeks ago, when we spoke about the construction, the fabrication of all the vessels in the temple. Why is it necessary to repeat this now? We are talking about the responsibility, the duty, the mitzvah of kindling the menorah. Why is it necessary to talk about the construction, the fabrication of the menorah? Why is it important to emphasize that particular detail at this time? And this is why we have to step back and understand what does the menorah represent. There is a passage in Proverbs that says that Ner Nishmas Adam, the lamp of God, is the soul of man. And this is why our sages tell us the menorah represents the entirety of the Jewish people. The menorah was not only a physical object within the temple that was kindled in the evening in order to fulfill the mitzvah of kindling the menorah. The menorah represents the entirety of the Jewish people. And this is why the construction of the menorah was extraordinary. Not only was it an object of incredible beauty, made out of a solid block of gold, but it was made out of a solid block of gold, not individual pieces. It wasn't as if they took one arm and another arm in the central shaft and the base and they soldered it together. It was beaten out of one solid block of gold. It was so difficult to imagine how this incredible object of beauty was going to be fabricated that even Moshe had difficulty in understanding how this was going to be made. 
In actual fact, we are told that Moshe had difficulty in understanding only a number of things. This is one of those three things that he had difficulty in understanding. And this is why, according to certain commentaries, it says, Zeh, Masa Hamanara. God says, don't worry, just take the entire block of gold, throw it into the oven, and miraculously out came this magnificent object called the menorah with its beautiful flowers, with its beautiful spears, with its beautiful cups. Because Moshe himself could not fabricate, neither could those incredible artisans fabricate this particular object. This was one block of gold beaten from top to bottom and not simply put together by individual separate parts because it represents the Jewish people. And the Jewish people are in fact part of one thing. Every single aspect of the menorah, from the top to the bottom, every single detail, every sphere, every flower, every cup, every single detail of the menorah is part and parcel of the same piece of gold. The Jewish people, no matter how diverse, no matter how distant geographically and otherwise how separate, they are all part and parcel of the same thing. And yes, Moshe had some difficulty in coming to terms with this. How is it possible to create something of such incredible unity? When in actual fact, when you look at it, it's made up of so many different parts and so many different details. And not only that, but in fact, our Hasidic and Kabbalistic masters tell us that each one of the lamps represents a different type of character, a different type of personality within the Jewish people. One represents chesed, the individual who displays the loving kindness as represented by Abraham. Another one has Gevurah, the discipline, as represented by Isaac. Another one has Rechamim, a merciful dimension, as represented by Jacob, etc., etc., etc. Each one of the seven lamps represent a different character and personality of the Jewish people. But they aren't individual separate entities. They come together in order to make up the whole of the Jewish people. In actual fact, we've just gone through that experience before the festival of Shavuot that we celebrated just recently. The whole concept of the Omer where each night we count and we identify a different dimension. And this is something that we speak about how each one of those flames, each one of those different type of personalities and characters, they face toward the center. Because although individually they represent a different kind of expression, a different kind of personality, but the inner dimension that unites them all is something that binds them together as one united entity, as one united being. And this is what Hashem is telling Aaron. Hashem is telling Aaron what you are going to accomplish is something which is far greater than what the leaders, the princes of each tribe accomplished. Because each tribe brought gifts representing his own tribe. And as explained then, each tribe had its particular character, its flag, its color, its purpose. In actual fact, when Jacob blesses his sons, 
later on when Moses blesses the tribes, he gives each tribe a particular character. The prince, the leader of each tribe, brought to the inauguration the representation of the character of each tribe. Their tribe, but no more. What he says to Aaron is that you are going to kindle the menorah. You are going to bring something into being. You are going to bring fire, light, radiation of the highest level to the entirety of the Jewish people. The menorah represents the entirety of the Jewish people, not an individual tribe, you, the Kohanim, the Leviim, but you are going to do something which is going to bring light and divine energy to the entirety of the Jewish people. You will have the ability of recognizing the character of each and every single one, and somehow bring out that inner dimension, that inner fire, and lighting the menorah as a whole, the entirety of the Jewish people. And this, of course, is what placates. This is what gives Aaron an understanding that what he is doing is an actual fact so much greater. This is the opening of this week's Parsha. The opening of this week's Parsha tells us not so much about what in fact Aaron is going to do practically within the temple in terms of kindling the menorah. But in a deeper sense, Aaron is going to bring about a divine light within each and every single individual. He is going to somehow teach each and every single individual that they possess within themselves the Ner Hashem, the divine lamp. As we said, Ner Hashem Nishmas Odom, the divine lamp is the soul of man. The soul of man is something which we know about, which we believe in, but we're not often conscious of in a real sort of way. There is a sacred called the Hayom Yom, which was put together by the Lubavitcher Rebbe of Blessed Memory for each and every single day a teaching, a lesson. And not so long ago, some days ago, he speaks about a lamp. And what makes a lamp, says the Rebbe? There's a keli, there's a vessel. And the vessel contains oil. And you need the keli, you need the oil, and you need a wick. But even when you have those three components, you need something to kindle the lamp. You might have the most perfect lamp with the purest oil and the finest wick made out of the best cotton. But unless you have something or someone to light that fire, that lamp remains unlit. It never fulfills its purpose. You can have a human being with tremendous, tremendous qualities. A perfect vessel. The wonderful oils within intellect, emotion, even a wick, the ability to somehow bring those qualities to the fore. But you need someone to actually kindle that light, to bring it out, to bring the fire to a reality. And this is something which Aaron possesses. Now what gives Aaron that quality? What enables Aaron to bring out those inner dimensions of each and every single individual. First of all, to recognize it within each and every single individual, and then to expose it within each and every single individual. 
What gives Aaron that incredible ability to do just that? To kindle the menorah within each and every one of us. What gives Aaron that ability? And by extension, what should give each and every one of us that ability? Not only kindling the menorah within ourselves, but kindling the menorah in the hearts, in the lives of others as well. What give Aaron the ability to bring the neshama to the consciousness, to the revealed consciousness of every individual? And what gives us the ability to do the same thing? More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about what gave Aaron the ability of doing that particular job of kindling the menorah, not only in its practical sense, but kindling the menorah within each and every single Jew, of recognizing the character, of recognizing the personality of every Jew, and exposing it, of kindling it, of bringing that divine fire into a conscious reality. And the answer is we find it in the ethics of fathers. When they describe the greatness of Aaron, how do they define Aaron? They say he was... One who was Oheb Etabriot, he loved each and every one of God's creatures, regardless of their status. Important, not important, committed, not committed. But not only that, not only did he love them unconditionally, but Umekarban the Torah, and he would bring them closer to Torah, to their natural heritage, to their own inheritance. Now this is something which is so important for us to understand. It's important for us to have intense, unconditional love for each other. But at the same time, we also have the courage to have the courage of bringing ourselves and others closer to Torah. Torah is our life. Torah is our origin. Torah is our natural, divine inheritance. This is something which God gave each and every one of us. Yes, a couple of weeks ago on Shabbat, we celebrated that incredible moment when God appeared on Sinai and he gave us the Torah. Not only a book of laws, not only a book that tells us who and what we are, but a book that connects us with him, a book that tells us who and what we are, a book that tells us what our souls are all about, a book that tells us what creation what the purpose of creation is all about. Torah is something which is the code to everything that we know. And this was the greatness of Aaron. The greatness of Aaron is not only that he had this incredible, unconditional love for everyone, but he brought each and every single individual closer to Torah. He didn't modify Torah. He didn't water down Torah. He didn't diminish the greatness of Torah. He didn't adjust Torah. He brought everyone close to Torah. He took every single individual and exposed them to the majesty, to the greatness, to the fire, to the divinity of Torah. This is why Aaron had that ability. And this is something that we, each and every one of us, possesses as well. We have that ability. We can recognize it within ourselves, and to a large degree, we can recognize it in others. But in order to give it authentic expression, in order to truly kindle that divine fire, it has to be a process of bringing it closer to the infinite fire of Torah. But that's not where it stops. As our sages tell us, 
as the commentaries point out, that when Aaron kindled each individual lamp, he had to hold whatever it was that he was using to kindle that lamp next to the wick until the wick began burning on its own. The way that Aaron taught each individual to expose that spiritual dimension within themselves was not by standing there all the time, but by teaching the individual that you have it within yourself to do it on your own ultimately. I will teach you how to do it. I will teach you that you have it. I will teach you what you possess, but I will also teach you that you have the ability, the capability of doing it on your own as well. You know, very much like the wonderful example of the parent teaching the child how to ride a bicycle. There comes the moment when the parent has to stand back and let the child ride the bicycle on their own. There'll be a wobbly moment, perhaps, but without that, the child will never learn. If you're always going to hold on to that bicycle, the child will never learn. And this is what Aaron teaches us. Not only does he have the ability of recognizing the particular identity of each individual, not only does he have the strength, the courage, the wisdom to bring the individual closer to the infinite energy and light of Torah, but he also teaches the individual that you have the strength, the ability within yourself to ultimately stand on your own two feet. And this is something that each and every one of us can and must learn as parents, as teachers, as individuals, as mentors, as friends. We teach, we share, but we also have to share in a way by not only exposing others to truth, but also teaching others how to stand on their own two feet. This is This is the idea of exposing, revealing the inner divine lamp fire that exists within each and every single individual. This is the opening part of the Parsha. Well, later on in the Parsha, the Jewish people falter a bit. They behave in a way which is quite questionable. They show their weakness. But once you have this opening, once you have that knowledge, once you have that strength, that you possess that inner infinite dimension, that you have the ability, you also have the strength to meet every single challenge and to overcome every single challenge. That, yes, there will be moments when you will falter. There will be moments when you will come across certain challenges that will make you shake for a moment. And perhaps you might even fail for a second or two. But as long as you know that ultimately you have that strength within yourself, you have that which Aaron teaches you, which Aaron gives you, you're able to rekindle that flame. You're able to stand on your own two feet. You're able to turn life around, to make it great, to keep that incredible fire burning with passion, with greatness, with warmth, with light, with all that which divine energy represents. So if and when you're in shul tomorrow, or if you're home tomorrow, and you're reading the Parsha, or you're listening to the Parsha being read, as I always tell you, listen to the personal story. Recognize what the menorah means in your own life, in your own family. 
recognize the individual character and personality that you possess. And perhaps you possess a number of dimensions of character and personalities. And certainly within your family, within your circle of friends, you possess and see different types of personality traits. But also understand that you have the ability of teaching yourself and others how to take that flame and moving that flame toward the center, toward that infinite dimension of what Torah is all about, just like Aaron, to bring them closer to Torah and to teach them how they can stand on their own two feet. Listen to that story as if it is talking to you personally and to you directly because it is a personal and intimate story talking to you personally. And when you get to the end of the Parsha and you read the story of when the Jewish people became a wee bit wobbly, you don't become frightened because, you know, ultimately they do possess that inner strength and ultimately they will return to that essential strength that they possess. This is a Parsha of lighting the divine infinite fire. Within ourselves, within others, we must do it right with Shabbos.